What's the one thing all great teams have in common? Great coaching. Try to suck up to me, Andrew. Hey, Goldberg! I bet if that talk was a cheese burger, you stop it. No, I agree. I would not be an acid physically. I have more of a podcast body. Clap, 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 clap. It's the Quack Attack Podcast. Hey, everybody. Let's hear it for blood and tears. I'm Mike. That's Tommy. Hello. That's Kevin. No, Kevin's not here. But it's not really his fault. He's just on a heater in Vegas. So uh, we may never see him again. But uh, Tommy's shaking his head. Apparently, it didn't go well. Tommy and Kevin were in Vegas this weekend. Uh, How did you guys do? Well, the important thing is that we survived. (laughs) Okay. Let's leave it at that. I believe Kevin's on a flight right now, so that is why he is not here. But Tommy has made it back. He has survived. He has watched episode nine of Mighty Ducks Game Changer season two, Summer Breezers. Your initial reactions, Tommy? So my initial, well, I guess my reaction about 10 minutes after watching the episode is that we're going to look back on this episode very fondly, I think. Mm. Not only after the finale next week, but also I think over the next year and then hopefully years to come, I think it's going to be one of those episodes that people might um, really remember. Um, and it, some of it, yeah, a little like a little cheesy, a little corny, you know, some of the stuff. Um, but I, I think that this was one of um, my favorite episodes. I, I'm trying to figure out exactly why. Um, um, Cause there, there was some stuff that I was cringing at. Um, but I, I think this is going to be um, one of the uh, more well-received episodes down the line. I, I have tried not to be on the Discord too much today because I, I didn't get to watch the episode um, when it first came out. Um, I'm curious, what were your initial thoughts? Yeah, I uh, felt a similar way. Like there was definitely some issues that can and you know have been brought up uh and we will bring up with the episode but for like you know it hits you right in the feels and like you sort of forgive like there's some there's some glaring issues with like the championship game and all that kind of stuff but it it yeah the the message and everything coming together and like how they sort of set it up like i i ended being very satisfied even though like i could go through and nitpick all these things uh kind of to your point like i'm not sure why i liked it so much but i did so uh similar similar reaction for me as well there so do do you want to start at the end should we just get the reveal out of the way or or do you want to build up to that i think we want to build up to it but i do think that and we can mention of course there's, there's spoilers in all these episodes right love the ending love the love coach t in there campfire or not i guess whatever campfire scene etc I, I really liked a lot of different parts in this episode. And it's interesting, like halfway through, it's like, what else are they going to be doing this episode? Because they've kind of had their resolution. And so, but um, yeah, like, what do you think about the, uh, the ending? Uh, just real quick, we'll get into it more at the end of the episode, especially what we think season or episode 10 might be. Yeah, I thought it was great. I thought it was going to be somebody else, uh, to be honest. So we could talk more about that in a little bit. But uh, yeah, I thought it was great. Uh, a very... Uh, Cobra Kai-esque thing to do to sort of like bring this villain in in the back that everybody knows uh, right at the end. So uh, good for them. But yeah, we'll we'll get to it and have a fuller discussion in a few minutes here. Uh, let's let's go back to the beginning because I thought the beginning was very funny there. The fight at the banquet 
the championship banquet, which looked kind of cheap, uh, you know, folding tables and like the break room or something like that. But what did you just make of how that all played out? Yeah, banquet, um, loose definition of the word banquet. <laughs> um, none of the kids really liked, didn't, they didn't want to be there. Um, and I guess that's a culmination of kind of everything that's come in with this, um, you know, dominate versus Mighty Ducks rivalry. No one's clapping after anything that's being said, just kind of awkward. Um, you know, was the rest of the support staff even there? No, I think it was it was Cole, Alex, and Marnie, and then the the kids. Yeah, so yeah, so I got got some issues with that. Um, <laughs> I um, it's it didn't get like a, you know, because Cole later says like, "Oh, banquets, like it's my favorite night." Right. Um, it certainly did not look enjoyable. Um, talked about having steaks, which is cool. Um. And was it supposed to be the day before the big game, though? Yeah, I believe it was supposed to be, like, the night before they had, you know, the big game. Yeah, and, I mean, I hope the big game is, like, later in the day. Because if you have, like, a huge banquet meal, <laughs> like, right before, you know, you could argue, what could be maybe the biggest game of your life so far? Um, I'm not sure how folks would do. Um, I, I, I did really like kind of the, um, you know, pushing and shoving. Um, couple of roles getting thrown um but i, I so I, I like the um them getting in a in a fight and uh and, and a lot of the words that were exchanged so i did like that and it was funny yeah yeah i thought the the back and forth and like yeah the jokes and the words and you know about the toner and all that kind of stuff from Coob and lawrence was good so i, I enjoyed that uh you get alex being an adult and then cole being like no we're gonna settle this on the ice so i was like okay cole um and then you know, Gertie had a good line, and then you get to Sophie's speech here, which really, you know, changes the course of the camp, the course of Mighty Ducks history. This this speech, was it as good as it should have been to, like, change everyone's minds in, like, you know, a minute? Yeah. Um, I don't know if that would have inspired me to, to drop all my animosity toward that other team. Um, but really it's like, I guess the whole thing was like Evan and Jace and, and that's the rivalry there. And if they're cool, then really everyone else should be cool. Right. Like why would Paul, you know, hate, you know, Gertie or, or, uh, you know, any, any of the ducks really. Um, so I thought it was, um, I thought it was good. And then like, Koo really had a lot of fire. Like he was going to bat for all of his teammates. So I appreciated that, but I don't know that, um, the 60 second speech ends the animosity. And I guess we've never, they've tried to establish that Evan and Sophie's break was clean. Evan's not harboring feelings for her still. Um, but I don't know. What do you think? Yeah. Yeah. The Evan and Sophie thing seems like it's done. Uh, I thought the speech was good. Like it was a little weird how they all turned around, but that's a good point between Evan and Jace with them, you know, them being the leaders and that kind of stuff. Uh, yeah, it was, it was, it seemed fast, but I also did like Sophie's speech and I, I understood the kind of, this was the first episode I understood really what, what the whole message was about what they were trying to do. They're like, yeah, you can play sports, you can have fun, you can try to be, you know, the best and go for it, but you don't need to necessarily lose everything it, there is about, you know, being a kid and stuff like that. So I think that's what 
the gist of Swosu's speech was, which was like, hey, like we don't even know each other. We've been at this camp. Like we can we can try to be great and also be friends at the same time. So I I like the message from it. It did seem fast, but I'm like again, I'm willing to go with it just uh just with the the emotional aspect behind it and the way it all sort of wrapped everything up there. So So kind of jumping out of the episode for a second, I know a lot of the criticism that the show has gotten this season is we're not seeing a lot of hockey um and um especially like this is supposed to be an elite hockey camp and everyone's kind of like is upset that this is an elite cop like all the characters are, are upset this is an elite hockey camp um and people are like well what would you think it was you know i guess they kind of um you know been kind of confused about some of the motivations or especially like alex's character um so I think this was good and also like um like a reminder to, to all the fans like look this you know we we were watching this because we love Mighty Ducks but again this is its own thing its own entity and you don't have to to love it um you know but I think bashing on it because uh there's not enough hockey or there's not enough cameos or things like that um really um isn't fair because I I guess we, what we've with this episode really did kind of like hey remember this is what this show is about it's about kind of mocking the overly competitive world of you know essentially the top five percent of uh teenage athletes who need to be the top one percent of the top one percent to to make it um so going back into the episode unless mike you have anything else to add there no i do not uh well said uh yeah i think they they could have done that a little better. I do I do get some of the criticism and yeah, like it's a hockey camp. You expect a little more hockey, but uh, I do get some of the criticism. But yeah, I think that that was a good point to go through. So you go. Uh, I I think some of it is like, you know, Alex is. She again has this like uh, this romantic notion of summer camp, and they they do finally get it in this episode really. Um, but everyone was just confused. Like the first few episodes of the season, I think that's mm-hmm. really tainted people. And we also kind of get some stuff from Cole and I don't think there was coach Cole there, there wasn't enough, you know, kind of waving at it early in the seat in the season about this was my wife's favorite spot. Oh, by the way, I guess I should have mentioned that to my son at some point during <laughs> his 14 years of life. Yeah. Um, and you know, the whole, like never spoke to your son about the whole, like him having the own goal. Like it's been a year and you didn't like, try to broach it with him right. once and like you were ashamed in yourself why the fuck didn't you tell him that you were ashamed in yourself when he's clearly having issues that like are impacting him mentally so i don't know again they they kind of look at these these things in in certain scenes whatever but it's it's not as it's kind of linear as one would hope and I, again we'll i think what we'll all do is we'll go back and rewatch the entire season and see like okay what did we miss the first time around mm-hmm. and so maybe there is more like foreshadowing waving and one thing i i deliberately don't do is i don't watch you know the previously on part because I, I don't like kind of essentially being spoiled of what i needed to remember for this next episode um but anywho that's uh one of my critiques there um i don't even yeah. know what we were talking about but <laughs> no, that's fine back to it, you mike it is a great call because i do watch the previously on and it is very like spoil like the previously on for this one was like Alex mentioning like oh there's a beautiful lake here why don't the kids all jump in and I was like oh they're gonna 
do something with this lake here. It's like, that's going to be like a key moment. So great point. Like skip the previously on, skip the and preview would, clips, all that kind of stuff. I would say do that for any show that you watch. Uh, a huge offender of this was Game of Thrones because there were so many characters in that. And so, I mean, they really did have to be like, hey, remember this guy from three and a half seasons ago who had one line? Well, we're bringing him back. And you need to remember that one line. Um, so I would recommend just just don't look at the previously on. Just make sure you're actively watching. Put the phone away, you know. Don't be drunk like Kevin. And just, <laughs> you know, watch it, enjoy it. And, and remember what we're watching, too. This is, uh, there, there's a theme to this. And it, the theme is not, hey, everyone, let's try to get as many cameos as possible. Yeah, so if we go back to the episode as we sort of linearly go through it now, you get to the championship game, the coaches are on the ice, and they don't realize the team is not in the locker room. Like Big problem with that. Yeah, that was a... that was like the biggest issue I had for me. Like, you don't even realize your kids didn't show up to the rink. Like, what are you? Is Coach Cole not the guy who's like giving a, a pregame speech in the locker room? He's not like, hey, you know, everyone here, uh, two and a half hours before the game starts, we'll have like, uh, like a pregame skate, um, and then we'll go in. You know, we'll have a, a quick, you know, shake or something like that. We'll go over our game plan, and you know, I want everyone to, you know, twenty minutes of silent time in the locker room. You know, get switched on. It's like you just showed up and it's like, well, I hope all those children showed up on time. <laughs> um, yeah. Again, 22 minute episode. You can't have like an elaborate them like sneaking out or whatever. It's very strange. Uh, I get you could have maybe just had them like Coach Cole walks into the locker room and like clapping his hands like, OK, guys, you know, hour to game time. It's like, are we like, where is everyone? You know, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Same I think- thing with Alex. Yeah, that is like kind of the frustrating part with the season. Like it's it was so it would be so easy if they both went into the locker rooms, didn't see anybody, you know, came out of the locker room, saw each other, had that conversation. Like like there's like little things that they could have done better for sure. Just in general, what were your thoughts on them like just abandoning the championship game from both a like plot standpoint and from like these characters standpoint of, you know, being at this camp for however long and making it to this point and abandoning it. I'm okay with it. It is kind of like guy like AJ though. Isn't he going to be like, Hey, I'm, I'm I want to play in front of these scouts. Am I still going to get to play, you know, kind of thing. Um, so why, I don't know. It, it seems like tough to get that much buy-in, but at the same time, it's like they're kids. Kids want to yeah. have fun. And it's like, yeah, like let's go jump in the lake instead of playing in this game. Like who cares? So I don't know. I guess I'm okay with it. Um, what I'm not okay with is just like the whole coachish not knowing like that their team isn't there. I mean, Marnie being the only one who's like, I checked all over camp. It's like, what, what were you, why were you even doing that? You know, anywho. <laughs> yeah. For me, first of all, like this is supposed to be fun. And like the championship, if, if the whole message is like, get back to the fun, the championship is the most fun part. So that was kind of my issue, but I do I do understand when when Alex went to the lake, I think it was Sophie or someone said, "We're not playing in your your game." And like I I think that was the key point there where like this was a FU to Cole and Alex. So I kind of accepted it from that standpoint. That being said, if I was these kids' parents and I was paying for this camp, I would be pissed. Uh, if they didn't, you know, go to the game and try to do the thing. So, 
Yeah, and you'd also be like, you think one of the parents would text their kids like, hey, how'd that championship game go? Should we drive down to Anaheim to watch you in this uh, summer showcase where you're <laughs> playing against Team Canada, or should we not? Yeah. You know, um, so yeah, and like same thing with the scouts. It's like you think, I don't know. Again, suspend your, your belief and all that stuff or suspend your disbelief um, and just and just like it for, for what it is because there's a lot of stuff that's likable, not only about this episode, but about the uh, this series. But a couple of uh, smoothing, you know, one-liners in there could, could help there. And, mm-hmm. you know, just a line earlier on in the season, it's like, hey, you know, this is important for us to do this away from your parents, away from the pressure of your parents. And then you just have a one-liner. It's like, except for you, Mauro, you know, like your mommy's here. Like, give us a line like that so we can not spend three minutes uh, bashing this uh, this kind of weird, like, kind of 180 turn. Yeah. Yeah. So we go. Evan, you know, sends the text. You're right. You can't win summer. They're all having fun at the lake. And, you know, we get some good Marnie and Toby stuff. We get Gertie and Sam. We get Nick and Maya. Uh, what was your like? I guess highlight from those those uh beach scenes. I'd say, well, I'm I've got a a highlight. The first low light okay. is so like who was paying for all these like water guns, things like that, <laughs> and all these inflatables. Like whose Amex did they take to right. go buy all this shit? Um, unless like again, you could have done something where like Alex has a line earlier on. It's like oh, like it's so cramped with this RV because you have all these goddamn floaties in the back or whatever all these toys that we think we're going to be playing with mm-hmm. you know something like that and so like again it was fun um honestly the highlight for me is um cole showing up and then having the beach ball it's like wolf stance and vibes like yeah. very deliberate yeah i'm just like oh he's gonna pop that ball and then like or he's gonna like pop it up and like let's have fun um and jumps into it so like that was that was the highlight to me um, but I, but I did like the um, um the relationships. Um, I, I guess I like the relationships forming. Some of it was cringy. Agreed, agreed. Yeah, the the beach ball was good, and the fact that he didn't pop it and and you know flip the script was a nice touch. Yes. I, I obviously Marnie and Toby were funny. Uh, Nick and Maya, I, I'm gonna give us credit for that. That's something like we sort of noticed early on. So good job by us for. For breaking that down, I do think. Do real, th- real quick, sorry. Okay. So Nick and Maya, um, Nick says like, "Oh, and even in thirty years, he says like, when I'm married to Alex, Alice, I think he was just making a joke, like, okay, because I was like, hold on, did, does he have a huge crush on Alex? And they <laughs> have we forgotten about this? Did they gloss over this? And does as Evan know? You know, okay, so yeah, um, all right, yeah. continue, but yeah, that was kind of like uh. You know, we we called it, and I wonder if like Nick will get that kiss in, in episode ten or something. Yeah, that was that was gonna be my question. First of all, uh, credit for the closed captioning. I watch them with closed captioning being on, so I can get the exact quotes. So that's how I got the Alice part. But yeah, that was gonna be my question. It certainly seems like this summer showcase win is and or loss is gonna end with like a kiss between Nick and Maya. Do you agree, or do you think like it's just sort of a thing that they threw in there? I don't know if it ends with it, but I think there's a kiss in there. But like, okay. even if it's just like she kisses him on the cheek, and it's like, you know, maybe, uh, maybe I'll like you again in a couple of weeks or something. I don't know. Yeah, 
Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They could. They it doesn't have to be like a you know hardcore Connie Gee D one one. I I am interested to see how Paul plays into this as Maya jumps to Paul uh, now from the banquet. And then obviously, now, I guess Sophie, not a very good friend, doesn't even know that um, Maya's dating Paul, so doesn't even know his name. That's but. true. Well, I, I, I'm assuming Maya. I think the idea was Maya met Paul and, and like talked to him after the banquet, and gotcha. now they're together. Okay. So then, yeah, it all builds up. First of all, North Dakota hockey shirt is back um, in the uh, what is the campfire scene, but it all builds up really before then to the Cole and Jace moment uh you know they go off on the walk they have the big talk did that live up to what it needed to be uh for you like was that you know the the turning point it needed to be um yes and no like i i thought josh jamal was actually really good in those um those shots in that scene and, and jace was good too i'm curious about the tears you know, we've already published our, our Jace uh, episode, so we didn't get to ask him about it. Maybe another, we'll talk to him again, I'm sure, down the line. Um, so yes and no, like him being like, I'm ash- I was ashamed. And then like, that's kind of like, you see like Jace being like, oh, you know, crushed. <laughs> but like I said earlier, it's like, come on, like Cole, like, I-, I don't mean this to sound like super flippant, like your wife's been dead for 10 years and you haven't been able to talk to your son like ever. Um, and you went a year without like, kind of addressing clearly the worst moment of his life and you've mm-hmm. acknowledged that he was like really struggling i don't know maybe they should have made um josh Jamal's character a raging alcoholic or something and that would explain <laughs> all these like memory lapses he has and maybe we'll do that in episode 10 yeah um like a, a whiskey bottle will fall out and then we'll get a bombay uh another mention about that and he's got community service for season three anywho <laughs> nice. some yes some no I, i'm gonna say overall barely yes mm. kind of gets it across the finish line because it's clear that i guess it helps jace get over his his fear of shooting i, w- I think what they should have done is you know jace is kind of going for the cans and he just hits a cannon on nowhere there was right. no like him inner monologue you know that you hear about like you know his dad saying you know i was ashamed of myself not of you like i you know love you whatever like where where was that this is very seemingly random one other thing i, I did like and because I, I gave um I don't know if it was last episode or two episodes ago where it was clear that like none of the kids like were were sweating whatsoever mm-hmm. at the end of this game. Both Coach Cole and Jace had like clear like water around their their neck and everything. Like they had just jumped in the water and they were like drying off. So a good uh, good costume uh, and set and makeup and all that stuff. So I will give credit for that. But yeah, what do you think, Mike? Seems like you were not as big a fan. Well, I'm not saying like oh this is a great scene. It's like if it's like if I can only give it good or bad, I'm gonna give it barely good. Um, mm-hmm. But Mike, what do you think? Yeah, I thought it was really well acted. Uh, like I, I felt for Cole, I felt for Jace, but like as I took a step back, like yeah, I was kind of like the the reasons behind it, like the writing behind it, was kind of you know nonsensical. With like, oh yeah, I was ashamed. Like you, yeah, you were ashamed. That I that you didn't get your son to where he needed to be to so he scored a goal on his own net and like I like that all got convoluted to me but I did like I said at the beginning it did sort of hit me in the feels like the father son like sort of come to Jesus this is your like we need to talk about your mom and all this kind of stuff like like that worked for me despite 
again the the flaws the the obvious flaws that they were there so i think overall yeah i would if we're doing a good bad scale which uh one of our friends is a very uh big proponent of either good or bad on everything i'm giving it a good as well so yeah i thought i thought it was well done and and maybe the actors maybe with two different actors who knows but uh yeah i i i'm in on it i'm in on cole and jace and all that kind of stuff the the shot yeah, it was kind of weird that he didn't. He was just shooting, and then all of a sudden he hit it. Um, I did like the little twist there, where you know the the kids were in the crowd and they were cheering for him. So that was good. Uh, but if we back up a bit, we obviously get the campfire scene, uh, which really is you know everybody coming together. Lawrence and Fries, aka Cody, and you get Coob singing. Just your highlights there of the campfire scene. I think a highlight was probably uh, AJ coming in, like the whole like Coob AJ thing. AJ like slamming the marshmallows onto the uh, yeah, onto this uh, stick or whatever, um, and then AJ being a good singer himself. Same thing with Cody. I'm not gonna call him by his nickname, <laughs> um, but I'm not gonna pretend that I know what 13 to 15 year olds are listening to. <laughs> But every single kid at that camp knows yeah. every word and like when to sing Landslide by Fleetwood Mac, a song that came out, what, 40 years ago? Great point. It's like, and it, this is not We Are the Champions where it's like, okay, yeah, we got it. This is like, why? Yeah. Like, you, you're going to tell me that like Evan knows this fucking song <laughs> about, you know, this like super emotional song, you know? So yeah. like, I'm 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 sorry. It's just I just don't understand that. Um, and so it, it was it was it was funny to me. Um, also some some obvious lip syncing, which which you know you, you got to do. Um, it's a great song. Don't get me wrong, but uh, that's yeah. that's what you're you're going with. Like, did we have anything that was like pointing to this moment, or do we think like, oh, it's just like people change, and maybe that's the the song. Nothing like. That is, know. you know, I, I like. I wanted to be like, I'm, I'm a sucker for singing, and obviously, Coob uh, initially not wanting to sing when we all know he's like an incredible singer was kind of funny, and then yeah, Lawrence coming in was great. Like, again, I was sort of a sucker for it, but that is a great point about the song that I didn't think about until you brought it up. Like, these kids would not know that song, or they wouldn't. I mean, know. I don't know that song. <laughs> yeah, like I know like the tune and like something landslide and like children, you know, changing. I don't know. But there was no, again, no teasing to it or whatever, or like having Nick say like, like a Stevie Nicks joke earlier in the season yeah. or even earlier in the episode. It's just, I mean, is it just to showcase Luke Islam's amazing singing talent? Maybe. Am I okay with that? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I probably would have, uh, but I guess at the same time, you know, I guess think back to D, uh, you know, end of D1. Are, are there people saying like, why is Averman seeing, you know, we are the champions by queen. He doesn't know what queen is, blah, blah, blah. Like, why is he picking a song that came out, you know, 15 years earlier, but at the same time, I imagine it's a little bit more iconic than um, Fleetwood Max landslides. Yeah. Yeah. That was, I'm trying to think of there was, if there was like a, you know, at least like a two, like a 2010 song or something that like was better than that might've been a better fit, but, I don't know. Maybe the, 
maybe the Quackalites can give us a better song for that. But um, yeah, the the twist with Lawrence coming in, I thought was good, and everyone sort of coming together like that. Sort of that sort of felt like you know the the culmination of the storyline here. And then obviously we get to the end. Uh, you have Jace obviously fixing a shot too, but we get to the end, and now you have another episode where a lot of the story points have already been resolved. So like, how do you see this episode 10 fitting in with everything else? Do you think it's going to be sort of a, a standalone episode? I think it's going to be a standalone episode in the sense that we're going to, they're going to get to the big game and we're going to get, you know, the, the D2 moment where they got to have an inspiring speech about ducks fly together kind of thing. We're going to get some cameos. We're going to get great coach team one-liners. I, I think that episode 10, like they're setting it up to really succeed. I think it needs to succeed. We need to have some um, some more OG references. I would love to see, um, you know, Conway as a, as a scout or Keenan as a scout, essentially. Mm. Uh, Charlie Conway or Russ Tyler, I should say. And so, yeah, I do think it's it's setting it up where we don't exactly know where it's going to go. And I think this is how we felt at the end of episode six where uh, Alex is like on the phone to end that episode. It was like, oh, where is this going to go? We don't know what's going to happen. Um, so I'm very excited for the last episode. And I think having that Coach T, uh, I don't, don't want to call it a cameo because he's he was a, a regular in the series in, in season one, but Coach T's return. And even though he had one line, it's just like, I think he still killed it. Um, <laughs> it's like, I'm, so I'm very excited to see uh, him and uh, Cole and our, uh, Coach Cole interact. What, is he still like the Coach T we know, or has he turned over a new leaf or something? Yeah. Yeah. Real, I guess real quick before we go deep into coach T, were you okay with, you know, the merge of the roster and you know how that all played out? Cause it obviously was building towards some sort of merger. Were you okay with, you know, how it all played out in the end? I'm okay with it, but you got to think like one of those kids who's like last off the bench on dominates, like, well, fuck, I'm never going to play right. now. Um, so that's, uh, that's going to be an interesting part. Um, I mean, but again, you know, they there's like, hey, it's not it's not so important that that you play all the time, but some of the kids are going to be like, I want to impress the scouts, like Evan. You'd think, but I think this episode, you know, reminded me of you know the end of season one where they're like, hey, we'll forfeit the championship game, you know, because we our health is more important and everything like that, and then you have like a good resolution, and it, and it's not like the the trope of them, like the underdogs winning the championship, et cetera. And so maybe we have something else like that, but I think we've, they've adequately set up, not adequately, that makes it sound negative. They've, they've set up this last episode to, to be pretty meaningful, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm conflicted. Cause like I said, I do get the whole, like not wanting to play. Cause this is Alex and Cole's like rivalry and like, fuck you. We don't want to be a part of it, but it would have been nice to have a championship game and then have, you know, something happened in that game where you, whoever wins, you know, Mighty Ducks win and Fry says, oh, I'm going to give my spot to AJ. And then they all like have a Rudy moment where they give the jerseys to some of the kids on the other team. They're like, oh, we'll merge it all. That's how I was feeling it was going to go. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was, well, it was fine. I, I like, I like the overall direction of this episode where they're just like, you know, we're not playing your, your adults game. This is for kids and we're going to do kids stuff, et cetera. Um, so I, I like that, but yeah, I, I think that's something we, we envisioned. It's like, there's going to be some way for like Jason and Evan to both be on the duck. So how are we going to do this? Um, but this works. I think the question is what, what jerseys are they wearing? Um, 
I don't know. I guess could you do something where it's like they're wearing dominate and Mighty Ducks jerseys, and then you got just mm. Canada and like white with you know the red maple leaf or something. Interesting. Um, and then they get their new jerseys between periods two and three, and, and there is no rule against changing jerseys <laughs> mid-game. Yeah, it will be interesting to see if we get another Mighty Ducks jersey, which would be nice. But it does seem like you know Nick was trying to come up with the Dama Ducks or the Mighty Nates and stuff like that. So yeah, maybe we get some sort of merger. Yeah, maybe they wear darks and Canada wears lights. But yeah, we go in, we go to Coach T. So Marnie has the the line about, oh, there's these Canadian teams who have showed up. We need a roster. At that point, I'm thinking, okay, somebody recognizable is going to be on this Canadian team. Did you have any inkling that, you know, Coach T was going to pop up uh, at any point here? No, but I'm really glad that uh, he was the the guy. And, you know, you see the bus and you see kind of the sneakers like, okay, this is going to be someone we know. Um, and then Coach T, I think that makes the most sense. Um, because if it was like an OG duck, it'd be like, why are they coaching Team Canada? Mm-hmm. You know? And... um Coach T, you know, he could be a Canadian or Canadian-American or something like that. Um, I don't remember if they went into his citizenship background <laughs> in season one uh, as, as a grandparent from Canada or something. Um, but no, I, I didn't I didn't see that coming. And I'd kind of forgotten about Coach T, um, you know, through the course of the season. Although I think we had talked about wanting to get a Coach T cameo. Yeah, I think at the beginning we talked about that. And then we, we talked sort of, you know, there's no true villain. There's no Coach T obviously shows up i saw the like the slicked back hair and i was like oh we're we gonna get stance in here are we gonna get like a stance in return but uh it was coach t uh again i i am all for it i thought it was incredible again a very cobra kai thing to do and i think also shows the benefit of building out other characters here because like we obviously didn't know who coach t was before season one so like they get sort of a cameo without having to reach all the way back. You know what would be great? If Logan is on Team Canada. Oh! Oh, that would be incredible. And if he has, like, slicked back Coach T hair like him. Oh, like my been, gosh. Yeah, he's his little understudy. Because um, we had, I know when we talked to Brady Noon, um, essentially between seasons, we had, said, we had kind of joked that Evan should be, like, a little Coach T clone in season two. Um, so maybe we'll get an aspect of that with Logan. I, you know, probably not. Um, but that, I think that would be a uh, great, um, and I, and I think just kind of lean into like coach T being the heel will, would be fantastic and have him, you know, hit on Alex and things like that. And, you know, make all kinds of like, make, take a dig at like Gordon Bombay. I would love to see. So I think like, honestly, like having coach T back for episode 10, is great and i know kevin's not here but i know kevin's gonna be uh jacked about that too yeah the now i'm gonna be disappointed if logan is not on the team but i don't i don't uh, think yeah, he is but that sorry would be for incredible. putting that idea but like again this is not you know a cartoon where you can just draw characters in and like have someone else play right. their voice or something right um and you can't just get a replacement actor but that's uh in a in a perfect world that would that would be fun um to do but we know that there are um realities that must be dealt with yeah yeah the more i think about it the more i don't think it's gonna happen now but uh but yeah it would be incredible uh all right anything else before we go to our awards here um another good episode by marnie um 
and uh, her uh, her boyfriend uh, just kind of good face acting when he sees, <laughs> sees Coop uh, singing. Um, that was very good. I don't know if Lauren Graham like already knew how to play the guitar or um, like just kind of learned this again, but I think she did a good job. Like it's clear she was playing it, you know, her, her finger movements, things like that. Um, and if not, like really good finger acting. But no, it was um, again. I think people are going to look back on this episode fondly, and um, I, I think. I, I think episode 10 is going to rise to the occasion because they've set it up to kind of be a standalone. We've resolved anything like are there, like the only like loose ends really is or really are the relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, so how will the relationships end or not end, but how will they be dealt with in this last episode setting up for potential season three? It's, I guess the whole like Cole Alex dynamic is something that still needs to be resolved. And I guess my prediction is, you know, do you have, um, the uh, dominate ducks, whatever they beat Canada. And then someone's like, you know, we've been looking for a new uh, yeah. team USA. Yeah. And it's, um, you know, it'd be great if it was Tibbles. Um, but if, is that like the Russ Tyler? Who's like, you know, I, I see something here. I haven't seen in a long time. You know, you're looking like ducks or something and they get team USA on there. And then it goes to like Charlie Conway's office. And he's like the director of us hockey. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, that was my exact thought. Like, this is going to end with, and I was thinking Tibbles too, or a Tibbles-esque person saying, like, welcome to the Junior Goodwill Games. Or, like, you know, we're looking for a team for the Junior Goodwill Games, and then we have, uh, you know, you go to Europe or wherever. Because uh, unless it's back in the U.S., you could say that too. Oh, it's back in the U.S. for the first time in 30 years or whatever. So... Uh, yeah, I think we're building to some sort of junior Goodwill games, but uh, good point on Marnie. Good point on Toby. Uh, he had a good line about like, oh, my girlfriend, or should I say woman friend, for you are no mere girl. Uh, I did I did enjoy Cody and Coob, like before the, the Lawrence singing, being like, you got to submit, like he's going to kill me and all that. That sort of back and forth was good. So good stuff there. All right, let's take a short break and then we will come back with our awards we are back we have our awards for the second to last time this season i guess we'll have our overall awards too that the quack lights will vote on but these ones are individual episodes awards our mvp our lvp and our quote of the episode uh your mvp tommy this is a this is a tough one um because i think there are some good parts that i think like we talked about Sophie's speech and just like, did we buy it? But it was just like, I guess, yes, we bought it, but it wasn't like a home run. And like you talked about, Oh, Josh Jamal was really good in this episode. But again, there were certain aspects of it that we didn't love. Um, so it's tough for me to really give an MVP. I think I'm like, might give a cop out to a uh, Coob uh, just for his singing. Mm. Um, actually, no, I'm going to change. It. I'm going to give it to Lawrence uh, MVP for his singing. Nice. Um, and, and honestly, kind of that dynamic. So I guess you could give co-MVPs to, to Koob and, and Lawrence there for their dynamic. Um, so I'm going to do that. I'm giving co-MVPs. How, you know, it's our podcast. We can change the rules. Exactly. Kevin was giving out co-everything last episode. Uh, yeah, I I had, a, I had a few people here. I, I really liked Gertie, but she did not get enough screen time. Um, and then I was between Jason and Lawrence. I ended up giving it to Lawrence because I thought he was really good in the, the food fight scene. I thought he was really good at the campfire, you know, like we talked about, stabbing the marshmallows on the stick, and then coming in and singing, 
And uh, yeah, just all that. I, I really liked Lawrence. I thought it was a great performance from him. So we'll make it uh, unanimous for Lawrence there. Our LVP, this one was a tough one. Nobody really bad. I actually ended up giving it to Cole. I thought about giving Cole MVP and LVP just for his like swing of the episode. But uh, yeah, Cole, just for really, um, you know, the beginning, the banquet was not very good. If this is your favorite night of the year, it should be better. And then, you know, being like, oh, I'm going to settle this on the ice and not really realizing it until it was too late. I gave it to Cole. But again, I, I liked, you know, how he came around. I thought he had a good scene with Jace. Uh, kind of a cop out, but I'm, I'm giving it to Cole. Uh, Tommy, your LVP. Um, LVP. And there's, there is one more part about the episode that uh, has to do with the end credits that I want to circle back on. Ooh. My LVP is Sam for not putting an arm around Gertie at the campfire. Mm. Did he like, not? Come on. No, I, he didn't, didn't he? Did he not I, make a I move? I thought I saw it. But, I, uh, I thought he, like, it It almost looked like they cut it. Uh, like, oh, well, maybe we'll have to go back and look. Yeah. Um, but, and if I'm wrong, you know, please accept my uh, apology. But I, I don't think that we got, like, the clear, like, it's clear that they're, like, you know, building mm-hmm. a relationship. But, Sam, make a move. That's a great point. Sam Sam could have done so much more this episode, too. So, I, I like that pick. Quote of oh, the and I guess uh, I, I I think it would have been funnier if like he dares Gertie to climb the tree and like she falls and looks at her. I think if she just falls and no one acknowledges it, I think that's a lot funnier. <laughs> yeah, that would be great. She just fell in the background. Yeah, <laughs> that would be great. All right. Yeah, I, I do like that Sam pick. That's very good. Uh, your quote of the episode, Tommy. I guess it was uh, there are some good ones. Obviously, uh, I think all the Coob Lawrence banter was good. Um, but I'm going to give it to Marnie for the uh, what was it? Blood and Tears. Uh, yeah, so it was, uh, let's hear it for blood and tears, uh, at the banquet. Yeah. So that was a good one. Um, I liked, you know, Coob saying, I've never met someone with so much face cream. And then Lawrence came back with, I have a routine and I begged you to use my toner. Yeah, that was was really good. So, uh, yeah, that's my quote of the episode from Lawrence there. Lawrence has a couple of the episodes, I believe for me. So again uh, just a just a great performance here from lawrence uh stepping it up near the end here and you know where to find us the quackadec.com go there hold on oh so oh yeah the credits the credits credits. give us the credits did did you see who direct this episode uh jay chandrasekhar jay chandrasekhar who of course is known for broken lizard comedy troupe super troopers beer fest and i guess i didn't realize this but he's directed a bunch of uh, episodes of the goldbergs and oh. so I'm, I'm guessing that's the connection that he got on this. And so it was just very, very interesting to see that in this kind of very key episode, him directing this. So um, we, we kind of love to hear how, how he got associated with this show. Um, but yeah, it's like, I, I feel like Mighty Ducks Game Changers on Disney Plus and Super Troopers are very, <laughs> very different, you know, uh, forms of uh, art. Yeah. Um, both great. But that uh that really threw me because i had like episode ended and i like saw the name and i just turned off my phone or whatever i was like hold on a second so i reopened the the app mm. on my uh on my phone and um disney plus available on your phone it's great um <laughs> and i was like oh that's cool and so i went through a little wikipedia rabbit hole and he's done a ton of directing uh for for tv um not just the dukes of hazard remake um which i i remember i saw it um and that's all I remember about it. Um, but of course, you know, I, I love uh, Super Troopers and I actually like Beer Fest more. 
and we'll uh, we can talk about that another time though <laughs> both classes yeah so you have actually directed episode eight and episode nine so didn't even uh, see that for episode eight i don't know yeah Weird. so uh yeah yeah it was i i did notice that episode eight i did not uh, catch it until episode nine i, I kind of knew there's some talk in the discord after episode eight about it so uh, there you go for us the quackatechpod.com. Go there, contact us at quackatechpod on Twitter, facebook.com slash quackatechpod. Go to iTunes, give us five stars, tell us your MVP, LVP, and quote of the episode. Uh, we'll, we'll be back Monday with a good interview with Maxwell Simpkins, aka Nick. And then obviously Wednesday slash Thursday, we will have the finale. And Kevin will be back for that. And thanks to all our producers. And remember, Ducks fly together. Ducks fly together. Ain't no turning back. Got to be here.